next morning I got up and yawned and then I heard this loud popping in my ear. And then it's like, uh, if you've ever been on a roller coaster, it kind of, the world just kind of flipped up upside down on me. My right leg just uh, collapsed. I tried to stand up and then I tried to talk. And then I tried to get up and uh, get to a phone. My body was just like overheating. My heart started pumping really hard. And then the last thing I remember is I slammed face forward into the ground. And then I woke up again inside of a, it's the MRI machine. I couldn't talk. <laughs> oh, my right side, I couldn't move. And I, I was just kind of in and out. And I just remember the tech saying, you've suffered a stroke. Everything is going to be fine. Just try to relax. And I, I, I was in and out, in and out. I had it on Sunday. Then I woke up Wednesday. It was not completely paralyzed. This is 80% of my right side was gone. I was in for two weeks before I was discharged because I kept trying to get out of the bed. They had to keep putting the alarm <laughs> on the bed because I was trying to get up. I didn't understand what was going on. I would say not to quit. One of the things I see the most in when I'm at these seminars, people just give up. When they tell you to take your medications, they tell you to go to your rehabs, get up and do it. If you exercise, if you, even though it's, it's tough, get somebody to help you. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Exercise is a good way to maintain your health and aid your recovery. It'll keep you mentally and physically healthy and also reduce the further risk of stroke. However, it is important to exercise safely during rehabilitation, and as each stroke survivor has their own set of needs and challenges, it'll mean different things to different people. Always check with your doctor to see which exercise is safe for you. In this episode, we hear from Jason Lopez from Orlando, Florida, who suffered a stroke at the age of 35. I was a very, very healthy, active person. I'm a father of one, I have my son, I was uh, doing catering, like a mixed martial arts coach and photographer. Like I said, I'm a very, very active person. I, I would say this has been a, just like a very life altering situation to go from being extremely active, independent, taking care of myself and my friends and family to exactly the opposite of not being able to do any of that. Extremely rough. I think that's actually the worst part of it. I can remember the whole thing. <laughs> I was actually training for a, a jiu-jitsu tournament. I've been actively uh, part of a mixed martial arts community for about 25 years, but I was trying to get back in circulation and I was taking like high levels of creatine, which they were saying that may have caused my stroke. But the day of, I woke up all training on a Saturday, I went home, I was on a huge, huge headache. The next morning I got up and yawned and then I heard this loud popping in my ear. And then it's like, uh, if you've ever been on a roller coaster, it kind of, the world just kind of flipped up upside down on me. My right leg just uh, collapsed, tried to stand up and then I tried to talk. And then I tried to get up and uh, get to a phone. My body was just like overheating. My heart started pumping really hard. And then the last thing I remember is I slammed face forward into the ground. <laughs> yeah, luckily I was at my mother's house moving furniture and she found me on the floor. She had been sleeping. She said she found me on the floor about 10 o'clock. So I'd been there maybe three or four hours before they called the ambulance. They took me to a Florida hospital 
I was in and out of consciousness. And uh, I remember some of the nurses talking to me. And as they were speaking to me, I started losing all of the, my ability to speak. And then I started vomiting on myself. And then one of the nurses explained it later that I had a seizure. And then they already knew right then when they were asking me these questions. And it was just nothing left. And then I woke up again inside of a, it's the MRI machine. I couldn't talk. <laughs> oh, my right side, I couldn't move. And I, I was just kind of in and out. And I just remember the tech saying, you've suffered a stroke. Everything is going to be fine. Just try to relax. And I, I, I was in and out, in and out. I had it on Sunday. Then I woke up Wednesday. It was not completely paralyzed. This is 80% of my right side was gone. I was in for two weeks before I was discharged because I kept trying to get out of the bed. They had to keep putting the alarm <laughs> on the bed because I was trying to get up. I didn't understand what was going on and everything was, it, it's, it's just rough from going from independent to not being able to use your right side. I couldn't talk and really understand. So I kept trying to get out of the bed. I would unplug all the equipment and try to unplug and, and just kept rolling out. And I was doing more damage to myself. I didn't even understand. I was like screaming inside, but I didn't even know from going home to inside. It was nothing. It was just, I was afraid. Everything was just fear. The news that he'd had a stroke was a big shock to Jason. They had taken me back a couple times to speak to the doctors for them to truly understand what was going on. And once I had some of the professional, like um, I had my neurosurgeon, Dr. Wayman, he was explaining what had happened. I had an ischemic stroke and it was uh, due to blood clotting. And he says it's, it's, it could be permanent or could be not. They, they give you like this, the rundown of what could happen in the future. They put me through the procedures of rehab and all that stuff like that. But to hear the doctors telling me this at my age, I had no idea what a stroke. I, I was just lost. I had a, a decent job before. I had insurance and everything like that. Once I lost my job, then insurance did not cover it. So I was only able to do, I think it was six weeks. The insurance no longer handles uh, the, the, the rehab. So they gave me like the best rehab. It is a place called Lucerne. It's on, in Orlando. And it's a, a great rehab facility, but they just couldn't handle the, the bill. So and I was pretty much on my own after a certain time. From 2015, I've, I've made, uh, I would say, about 85%. I've been doing uh, the rehab. I've uh, actually signed up for another rehab with my insurance. I'm actually doing really, really well. I've been uh, with water therapy and yoga. I went from being in a walker and hardly able to speak to actively moving around and back in training with boxing. I do um, seminars at uh, Rollins Women's Hospital. I try to motivate people. I let people know everybody's body is different. Everybody's progress is different. And it's like, a, there's so many people that get frustrated and just stop. I didn't stop and that's why I think I'm recovering the way I do. I just see a lot of people quit and it's quitting is just not in my, it's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I have a family to take care of too, so I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to make a 100% recovery right now, but. We'll see how that works. I still have a lot of numbness in my right side, my, my right hand, my right leg, and part of my face I still can't feel. Jason has returned to mixed martial arts training. Just the training right now, the, the doctors recommended that I can't take like a concussive blast to the head anymore. It's not, it's not recommended at my age. I'm also 40 years old, so it's not really recommended. 
but I've been building my business. Uh, I'm a mixed martial arts photographer and videographer, and I do documentaries. And uh, it's just part of the lifestyle. I, I train in the gym. I motivate a lot of people. It's difficult. I, I still have a lot of medication that I have to take. I still actually sleep sitting up because I, I still suffer from seizures. It's still a fight every day. Yeah, I, um, unfortunately, they were going to do, they did an angiogram, and then they were supposed to do an angioplasty after that. But they found out that the arteries in my brain are too damaged to be even do anymore. So there's no oxygen being produced. And my recovery was almost three years. So, uh, yeah, my job, I couldn't even go back to my old job. I was uh, for a year. I was wheelchair bound. I went from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane. I had to have all the, the speech therapy and everything like that. So that one was just going back to that. The, the position was filled. I used to work for a, a senior living facility known as the Osceola Council on Aging. So I, I was doing pretty good. And I, I just say this is like a, a karma thing. Jason Lopez suffered a serious stroke. Despite his good health and exercise regime, he's continued to work on his physical rehabilitation and is hoping to achieve a 100% recovery. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Jason on how his outlook has changed after his stroke. I have more sympathy for people. That empathy is just there. I like I, I have an, another understanding and it helps me with everyone that I'm around, friends, family, when I'm helping coaching. It's humbling. That's one of the biggest words for it. And on his future goals. My goal right now, I'm working on my uh, reopening my studio. I had a, my photography studio collapse. Once I had my stroke, I was no longer able to continue building that. So I'm working on opening that this year. And whether or not I box or not, I, I would like to get into it. Kind of like that one last time, kind of Rocky movie type of thing. Let's hear how Jason's relationship with his mum helped him during his recovery. My mother has been like my biggest support. With Without her, I would have been, I would have fallen apart. Like a lot of your friends who you think you're friends, they don't seem to know how to treat you. They, a lot of people treat, start treating you kind of like a monster. They don't want to be around you. You don't get a lot of eye contact. There's a lot of things that it, it's discouraging. It hurts. But like uh, with my, my son, I have to be there for my son. That's one of my largest motivations. And it's been rough trying to be there for him and being in the state that I was at. I don't want him to see me like this. <laughs> That's mainly what's been pushing me. My mother and my son, I've just been really trying to get there because I, I have to be there for them. And it, it's, it shouldn't be the other way around. I've always been a fighter mentality. My father raised me like that. And it's just something that's driving me. I see a lot of people and they just look defeated. And I don't want to be like that. Like, I, I feel that like I could do more. I don't like to not being able to feed myself, not being able to get up and walk around. I can't accept defeat. A lot of my injuries came from, I would say, psychological. It's mental because there's like a, from the ischemic stroke, I had a, what it's called, the cerebral stroke. So that damaged a lot of my motor functions and all of that. So that's, I think, one of the hardest things to do to overcome that. And it's, I don't know. Is that I think that's what's driving me that that will not to to quit. I just can't. I was bullied when I was younger, so that's a different perspective of looking at it. And now I've been crippled and stroke bound, so I, I learned to help a lot of people. I have more sympathy for people. That empathy is just there. Like I, I have an 
another understanding and it helps me with everyone that I'm around, friends, family. When I'm helping coaching, it's humbling. That's one of the biggest words for it. My mother, it's almost, she had to learn to take care of me all over again. <laughs> and it's like, it brought us closer. And I'm like, it has a, a different respect to see that she's always there. They, they always say, there's nobody like your mother. And now I, I truly understand what that's like. My son still has a hard time dealing with the fact, but now he's starting to see me move a lot better, a lot stronger than I was. <laughs> so now he, he's come around. Jason likes to use Instagram to connect with other stroke survivors. I'm finding that platform helps me push a different audience and I can get a, a, a lot more traction. I have my main page, which is uh, I have a lot more followers on the other page, but I get a lot of responses from other countries that are from people that are uh, in the same situation. They're always asking me, well, how are you moving around so well? And it's like a lot of things that people don't get to see. A lot of the medications and the therapies that I have to go, I just, I'm, so it gives me an opportunity to talk to different people and really explain my story when they uh, reach out in the DMs and, and start talking to me. My goal right now, I'm working on my, uh, reopening my studio. I had a, my photography studio collapse. Once I had my stroke, I was no longer able to continue building that. So I'm working on opening that this year. And whether or not I box or not, I, I would like to get into it kind of like that one last time, kind of Rocky movie type of thing. <laughs> but whether or not my body cooperates with that, I don't know. I'm trying to do like a 100% recovery. But I, I know the damage to my brain is not going to allow that. But physically, I'm, I'm still pushing for it. And then I would like to start up a podcast, like a kind of a, I'm not really sure the, the angle of which I would like to start it to help other people like with their recovery. I'm not, I have to work with licensings and all that stuff like that. I have to, it's a slow progress. And Jason believes that no matter how hard your recovery is, never give up. I would say not to quit. One of the things I see the most in when I'm at these seminars, people just give up. When they tell you to take your medications, they tell you to go to your rehabs, get up and do it. If you exercise, if you, even though it's, it's tough, get somebody to help you move. That's the one of the things, a lot of the recovery comes within, I think it's the first six weeks. And then after that is almost like a setback. So it's the first six weeks that are starting to pump you up. And uh, I see a lot of people just quit and they lay around and wait until tomorrow and feel sorry for themselves. Don't feel sorry for yourself. It's not your fault. It's just something that happens in life and you just have to make it work. On my Instagram pages, I always tell people not to not to quit. Quitting is like that. I always say that's not an option. It's never an option. To my family members, I just say thank you for everything. Family is the biggest support you're going to have. I see a lot of stroke survivors don't have that support. And if something like that ever happens to a family member, I don't wish that on them, but to be there for them and to understand what's going on with brain damage, your brain is never the same. They say, I think it's no two brains are they alike. So I would have patience, just to have patience with all stroke survivors, for your family to be there. And just being there is the, the largest part of that. Although his recovery is ongoing, Jason has made amazing progress and is exploring lots of different ways to help other stroke survivors do the same. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. I was dizzy, couldn't see properly and was attempting to change some batteries in a, a remote controller 
and I kept dropping them. My infant was just lying on the floor on a little baby mat at the time and I remember seeing multiple images of him thinking this is not normal, this is not right. But my sleep deprivation was so bad at that point that I really did think I was just experiencing some unpleasant side effects of that extreme sleep deprivation. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episode you hear. That'll help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you'd like to share, please contact us via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Listening.